On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, Mike Fortune from Cable 14's The Hamilton Network joins us, and we have got stuff to talk about, whether it's obscene signs or urban boundaries or Chinese tennis players who are missing. Terrifying story, by the way, that one. Uh, lots to get to. Oh, and hockey players in Quebec. There's always something. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Joining us this evening. A guy we love having. We haven't had him in a long time. It has been, I don't know, it's been, it's been, it's been, things have come up. He's been tied up. We've been busy, whatever, but he's here now and we are thrilled for it. Co-host of the Hamilton Network on Cable 14, Michael Xavier Fortune. Sir, how are you this evening? Hey, Scott, I'm doing really well. Thank you so much. Oh, geez, I'm even getting people clapping in the background. That's awesome. I'm doing yeah. well. Thank you. Excellent. And I don't know for a fact that Xavier is your middle name. It was just a guess. No, my the the middle name is John. Oh, okay. Well, MJ. Everyone just calls me MJ. I was close. Xavier John. It's almost the same thing. Sure. Why not? Almost spot on, pal. How you been doing? I miss you as well. It's been such a long time. It's been a long time. It's you know, it's been great. We've had so many great guests, but it's uh, but yes, we're glad to have Mike back on here. And um, you can see Mike, by the way, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday at five p.m. Right on cable fourteen. Actually, you know what, Scotty? We we have a new uh, a new time now. We're we're on Tuesdays and Wednesdays uh, at seven p.m. And then those oh, now shows, you throw those, me off. I know I threw you right off. Those shows re-air uh, at any time throughout the week on cable fourteen or cable fourteen dot com. All right. So yeah, my notes from last time that I wrote down completely wrong. So ignore about everything two year, about I two said. Two years two years ago, it seems like. No, I'm kidding. No, but. Yeah, well. the, We've we've changed uh, since the the new season started in September to Tuesday Wednesday nights, pal, at seven. Okay, so so it, a, up to this point, ignore everything that I've said. Beginning <laughs> now, you can start listening and taking it as credible. Um, Mike, before we we jump in, we got a lot of stuff to get to, and I didn't want to start with such a heavy one, but they, this case, and I and we usually don't talk about legal things in the states yeah. on the show here because that's their own system, and you know, uh, but. This case today with Kyle Rittenhouse, I was just talking with Scott Thompson before we came on the air here. You know, I know a lot of people around here are saying this is a disaster. This is a disgrace. He was carrying an AK-4, an AR-15 or whatever it is. And he was, you know what? I, I got to say, I, I think this is an amazing moment for the U.S. justice system. And not because I'm taking a position on whether he is or isn't guilty. It's because with all the pressure for the jury to make a decision that would fit with the narrative that's going on outside the courtroom, I think it's fantastic that a jury that actually sat there and actually listened to the testimony ignored all that noise and came in with a verdict that they truly believed was the right verdict. That is very healthy for any justice system. It's 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 quite mind-boggling. Now, I do have to admit, I, I haven't been paying that much attention uh, to the Rittenhouse trial. However, I was kind of glued to the TV when it came out today. And, you know, I, I I know even President Biden said, if this is what the jury's decided, this is the way we're, you know, this is, this is what makes our system so great. I personally think, I think it's a few steps backwards. And if you just have to go on social media and you'll see the, the outrage, I think, from majority sure. of people out there, um, you know, I was talking to my son a little bit about it. He's a 17-year-old, and I'm trying to – I said, Jaden, I go, can you picture me and you? You get into our minivan, and I say, come on, Jaden, load up your guns, and I'm going to drive you down to, to City Hall or something, and you're going to protect our city. Like, it just – it doesn't make – you can't compute. It doesn't make any sense No, what is and, going and, on and, in you the know, whole household. But Mike, one of the things then you just alluded to it a second ago there, when you said you haven't been following it really closely, I think if you, if you look at what's been going on on social media, and that's not an insult against you. I mean, you got other things to do. We all do. Most of the people I'm guessing who are commenting the most loudly weren't following this day by day, witness by witness. They had the narrative in their mind from the outset and then said he's guilty, obviously, and therefore, anything other than guilty would be a travesty. And there was stuff that came up that, you know, you read stories about this. The the prosecution was essentially running the defense case for it. It was a disaster of a case. And so, you know, look, I, I don't know whether he sh was innocent or guilty. All I know is I wasn't sitting in the jury box. They made a decision based on what they heard, not on what the noise was outside. I, as I say, I think it's it's... It's a good thing to still believe that even if it's unpopular, that you can get a fair shake in court. 
Yeah, and you know, th- three days worth of deliberations, uh, along with, I, from what I understand, uh, you know, some questions. They had asked to see some video um, back again. Mm-hmm. This wasn't a snap decision because if it was a snap decision, they would have they wouldn't have even gone into the deliberations. I think in one night. So there was obviously some deep conversations that took place. And yeah, listen, yeah. you know, I, I I truly hope that this young man has learned his lesson. I hope their family has learned the lesson, and and let's hope. He doesn't find himself back in there in a few years in, in that yeah. situation. Well, you're right. And we got we got to run. But you're, you're absolutely right, too, about the del- deliberations. This was not the O.J. Simpson jury that listened to a, like, seven-month trial and then deliberated for 35 minutes and came out. This, was, this is a jury that sounded like they worked hard at it. And again, uh, if I ever end up in court for something charged with a crime, I, at the very least, just want to know that there would be a jury that would listen and decide and not just hear what was said beforehand or on social media. That's all. Very well said, Scott. Yep, I agree. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this story. This is one of the most troubling things going on right now. And I say that legitimately. Um, It's a story of a professional tennis player, a Chinese tennis player named Peng Shui. And... um, she, a number of weeks ago, she's one of China's most recognizable sports figures. She has not been seen in public or heard from since she accused former Chinese Vice Premier Zhang Gaoli of coercing her into sex at his home. She basically accused this guy of raping her, essentially, or sexually assaulting her, or whatever term you want to use. And this was November the 2nd. She put this thing out on social media. And now... No one has seen or heard from her. And it's to the point that the United Nations is now calling on China to show where she is, to show that she is okay because she has gone missing. And Mike, so many facts, so many parts of this that are just so troubling. But, you know, when we've just had the two Michaels and, you know, other things that are going on. And now we're going to theoretically, potentially, probably be sending our athletes to the Olympics. You know, the the argument has always been, well, don't worry about the athletes. They are public figures. China would (laughs) never do anything to someone famous or someone that's going to be, you know, really noticeable if they were thrown into prison or something. My goodness, I don't I don't know if I'm another country now if I feel so comfortable sending my athletes to Beijing for the Olympics if this is going on. Yeah, I, I was scrolling through again just some headlines. I, I see Biden is is throwing in some thoughts about do we do we send our team? Of course, you know, the WTA chairman, Steve Simmon, um, he's willing to pull everything. He's willing to lose his job for this until he gets some answers. And you know what, that's where I think, you know, there's, there's someone who's really taking a stance, understanding how much financial contribution, so on and so forth. And he's willing to say, look, I'm re- ready to risk it all because her whereabouts, her, her health is much more important than anything else going on. And you know what, this could be a real opportunity for countries to stand up and say, hey, you know what, enough is enough. We, we all need to know what's going on in your country. And uh, I give Mr. Uh, Mr. Simon, or Simon, I should say, a, a lot of credit for, for, for standing up. And it must just be horrific for the family. I can't, heck, I can't imagine what the two Michaels went through. This poor lady, I can't imagine what she's dealing with, assuming she is being held by the Chinese government. Well, if she's not, Mike, if there is nothing here, if she's just gone off on a vacation to some Caribbean island, and, and I'm being sort of facetious that way, but regardless of where she is, if you've now got the United Nations and everyone else in the world saying, China, come on now, where is she? Surely you have reached out because you know the Chinese government knows how to find her. Um, you're, you're, someone you're track, knows how to find her. You're, you're trackable anywhere nowadays with, with your, your phone and all that stuff. So I agree. Family, friends, somebody knows A, a coach, a is. manager, someone. Hey, Someone, if she's, if she's out in public doing something and she just hasn't been seen because she's maybe taking a rest in her apartment, someone knows how to reach her and say, put your face on a video chat at least and say, I'm okay, leave me alone. But that's not happening. A lot, lot, lot of questions right now, a lot of uncertainty, and I, it's, 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 it's very scary times, and it just goes to show you what it's very, it's sickening, what, what power does and what people think they can get away with. And I hope, uh, you know, I hope for this young lady and her family that 
nothing is, horrible is happening because it's, it's well, despicable. Could you imagine something like that happening here? It, it, it would, it's, it's inconceivable to even think it would happen here in North America. Well, no, I'm, and, and this is the perfect storm, I think, because, you know, we're still in the Me Too moment. And this is what this is. She is accusing someone of sexually assaulting her, a very powerful man of sexually assaulting her. And suddenly she goes missing. Imagine if, as you say, imagine if that happened here, how this would play, that someone accuses some famous celebrity of doing this and then the person disappears. You would have police beating down that guy's, assuming it's a guy, beating down that guy's door, searching every place possible because... It would be so outrageous. And, you know, I, to me, th- this, how, how do you not, if you're, if you're other countries, if you're the WTA and again, applaud, like you say, applause to them for doing this. How do you not say until you produce her and show that she is fine and freely let her speak and freely let her speak, meaning get all of her family out of China. And then she comes over here and then she can talk and says, it's okay. Uh, how do you go back there? How do you do anything with China? Yeah, it, it really gives you, uh, you know, you have to raise that spocking eyebrow and go, wow. You know, but I, I would also just like to say, too, yes, she's a famous athlete, but there are also hundreds, if not thousands of other missing individuals out there oh, in the course. world, too. And, you know, they're not getting the exposure. The families aren't getting the press. And I think we should also remember that this isn't just an isolated incident. This is happening around the world in, in so many countries where missing men and females are, are going because of, of men who have power struggles or control or whatever the case might be. A hundred percent. And the problem here, there's a lot of problems, is that if we've always said, and, I, and myself included, and, and so maybe I was being very naive, but I've always said, you know, we know stuff happens. But it's not ever going to happen to a famous person or one of our athletes if we go to the Olympics because they would never do that to someone who would draw that much attention. And just, here it is. Just, here just it is. Goes, just goes to show you, people in power um, think that they can always have the upper hand and get away with something. And I certainly hope they do not get away with anything in this instance. How, though, do you, if you're Canada now, if you're Canada and you are the the feminist government that that has been described and you are a government that is standing for what's right and for standing for the rights of women and all this stuff. How do you just out of fear for your own athletes, how do you send a delegation? How do you send athletes over to Beijing for the winter Olympics? And we've been down this path and I understand it's unfair to the athletes. I get it. But how do you do that and be confident that if one of our athletes says something out of line, they don't disappear. Uh, it's definitely a fine line, and you would certainly hope that between the UN and, and you know Justin Trudeau uh, and everyone just has eyes, and and you would you would almost think at this point China wouldn't risk anything now because all eyes are on them now, and they will be on them during the Olympics as well. So you would think that maybe I'm being naive. You would think nothing else would happen, especially at the Olympics, but. To your point, you know, we're, we, we've become a very outspoken um, group nowadays. And when I say group, the world in general. And athletes have a platform, and so they should, and they should be able to speak their mind. So, I, I don't know, Mike. It, it, like Jane, I, Jane, Doe, Jane Doe, Canadian bobsledder goes over there, and maybe something is said or whatever, and suddenly Jane Doe disappears. And the argument is, well, she just took off. We don't know what happened. We just, she just took off. And there's nothing you can prove. I, I'm, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I really hope the UN and, you know who's absent in this? The IOC so far. Haven't heard a word from the IOC and that's that I've seen. And that's very disheartening. It's very disheartening because I agree. I haven't seen anything either. You know, it's it's maybe it's the old adage and it's, you know, it's something I've always been told since I was a kid. Safety in numbers. You know what? You're going over to another country. You make sure you are buddied up with two or three people at all times. Mm, I'm not it's, sure that would help in this case. Maybe, maybe well, not. Who knows? Maybe not. Yeah. Who knows? It's, 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 it's very sad. And I hope this young lady, uh, hope we hear from her very soon. Yeah. Uh, troubling story. If you want to read more about it, her name is Peng, P-E-N-G, Shui, S-H-U-A-I. Uh, r- r- give it a read because uh, it is, uh, this is disturbing, unquestionably disturbing. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. There was a house in Port Colborne that had a flag hanging from its 
door hanging from outside it saying um f trudeau and uh, didn't just use the f it used the entire word with the u being a maple leaf um clearly making their opinions known about the prime minister whether you love the prime minister or don't like the prime minister not really the issue here the question is that the town has demanded that they take this down saying that it is um it goes against standards and all the rest of this stuff what do you do with this? Because there is a clear argument, I think, that you are entitled to your opinion and to free speech, even if it offends people. That's what free speech is. It's, And we see it a lot of other places. Even if your free speech offends someone, you're entitled to it. On the other hand, you say, yeah, but we don't want to have people putting offensive stuff up. How do you, how do you, how do you balance this? Well, so listen, I've, I've seen the exact same um, on bumper stickers. Um, you, you see people wearing T-shirts, you know, with, with this type of language and giving the middle finger and all this stuff. I don't know how you police it. Um, I, I I think if 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 you're that brazen and that bold enough to say this is how I truly feel and I want to put a flag up there, you know what? I I guess you got to let them do it. Now, if I was the neighbors, um, if I was friends of them, maybe I would look at them potentially a little bit differently, depending on what your political um, allies are so on and so forth. I don't like language like that. I don't think there's any reason to be talking or, or showcasing that people that, you know, swear in tweets and all this stuff. I just, I, I find it to be very low class and that's how I would look at these individuals. You can't police this though. They want to put it up, let them put it up. And if you're going to, if, if you feel comfortable upsetting a whole town and, and know that you're going to have a target on your back, then hey, then then you got to be able to bite the bullet. But I don't think the town should come and because then you got to police everybody. You you got to take everything down. See? No t-shirts, yes. no bumper stickers, no nothing. That's the pro. So I'm with you. First of all, uh, I'm with you on the language thing. I, I think it's unnecessary. I think it's it's ri- ridiculous. I, I think whether you agree with the message or disagree, as I say, with the message, I think it's just it's over the top and it's unnecessary. And I'll go with what you said. I think it's low class. I, I really do. But you're right, Mike. What do you do then? So now you're the town, is a town of Port Colborne City. I don't know what they are, but the town. You're, you're the town, and you've said to the person, you can't have this sign. And now someone pulls into a parking spot on city property, as you say, with a bumper sticker that says something else. It may not say F Trudeau. It may say um, F Trump or, or, or whoever on the other side of the political aisle. How do you enforce this then? Do you enforce this then? But you, you kind of have to now, it. don't you? You, you? you can't. Well, they, they put themselves they put themselves in a corner now. But you, you can't because then you're going to be running bylaw and police. You're going to be running their feet off, giving out these tickets. And are these tickets really going to get paid? It, it's it's it, they they've really they've really made a mountain out of a molehill here. Um, again, uh, perhaps they could have sent a a letter or a representative from the city and just passed along their thoughts, and if this is what you want to do, that's fine. But again, you can't police this, because it's happening all over the world on, on any given day, whether it be a baseball hat, a sweatshirt, or t-shirt like I alluded to. People want to be able to express themselves. We've become a very uh, open society where we feel more brazen that we can talk about these things and let people know how we feel, and that's fine. I think you're pretty on the same boat as I am. I'm much more low-key about that stuff. I have my thoughts and opinions, but I'm not going to be waving flags or putting bumper stickers everywhere. I keep it to myself, and I'll have conversations uh, you know, with you or amongst some friends on a low-key basis. But hey, people are individuals, and we are, you should be allowed to express yourself. At the end of the day, they're not, they're not, they're not hurting anybody. They're not physically hurting anybody. Right? Well, let me complicate it one step further. Is there a difference between hanging a flag outside your home, which is visually saying words, uh, if it has words on it, but in this case it does. Is there a difference between hanging a flag outside your home and verbally saying those words? Either way, if you're saying the, if you're saying those two words out loud to someone, or if you hang a flag, is there a difference? And I would argue, no, there's really not. And if that's the case, if I'm right, and people can disagree, but I think I'm right, then are we then going to say that someone could not say these words out loud? Well, now, again, you're walking down a really weird, dangerous, confusing, impossible-to-police path. 
Well, you know, like I said, I, I just find it all, whether you whether it's written or verbal, I just find it all to be very low class. And it says a lot about you, I believe, as an individual. Now, listen, I, I'm no angel. I don't have a halo. Have I let things slip out and have I said things? By all means. But I, I, I don't go out of my way to ensure that I'm talking like that on a regular basis to get my point across. You know, I was in the comedy business for years and there were so many comics that had to drop the F-bomb or say something to emphasize a joke, to think they would make it funnier. Some of the best comics out there, Scott, were the ones that do not use any swear words. I know I'm getting sure. a little off topic here. No, no, but, but just, you're right. I just, I just find it to be, if you can't articulate yourself, whether it be on tweet, Instagram, Facebook, or personally in a conversation... Um, without dropping some F-bombs. I think it says a lot about you as an individual, and I'm sure there's people out there listening to me right now saying, Mike, go F yourself because I want to talk. I want, and that's fine. It's not how I would want to be addressed. It's not how I would address other individuals either. I get that you're a town. I get that in the town you don't like this, and I share that view. I share that view. If this was my next-door neighbor... I would be embarrassed that that sign was up there. Whether I agree politically or disagree politically, I would be embarrassed that that sign was up there. And if I disagreed politically, it might actually make me angry that that sign was up there. But somehow we do still, I think, in this country, want to have free expression. And this is not... This is not kill Trudeau. That would be a different story because now you're going out and sort of inciting violence. That would be, that would, to me, that would be a, a very different argument to be having. Um, this is, this is a person's political statement. And I do wonder, Mike, I do wonder, and I don't want to dive too far down this rabbit hole. I do wonder if this had been, if instead of Trudeau at the end of this, if it had said Trump if anybody would have had the same issue with this, because, you know, that's a more acceptable viewpoint to have. And so now do we say, oh, that's funny. Ha ha, we're, we're saying F Trump. I, I, I don't know that we end up in the same place if that's the case. I don't. Uh, I, I've, I've driven, driven into some of those small towns um, most recently in the last, I'm going to say, three or four months, and I've seen some of those signs up there applauding Trump. And, you know, we're, we're a Trump household or what, we support Trump. You didn't hear anything in the news about those people who who actually purchased these rental signs and had the the yellow signs with the black. No, but it doesn't have it. the F word in it. It doesn't, it doesn't have, have the F word, and that's 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 really where this comes to is that is swearing something that we are not allowed to do because it is you know it's, you're just not allowed to say that kind of thing. It, and it, I, it, again, I'm it, with you. That but uh, let's let's use better language. I agree with you, but I don't know that I I want to say. But you can't say it. Well, you, you, listen. You're, you're free to say whatever you want, but again, I just mm -hmm. think it, it speaks to it speaks to who you are as an individual, potentially how you were brought up, the people that you hang out with, and it just shows low class. And and we as a society have have are going going downhill when it comes to respect and on being able to have um, insightful, intelligent conversations about politics. It's yelling up, it's yelling down, and it's swearing, and it's my way or the highway. It, it, it's just the way it is now, and it's really unfortunate that this is what it's coming to because you're seeing it more and more. How often do you walk walk down the streets and you hear teenagers now, and every other word is something? You know, it's 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 really it's embarrassing, actually. There was a, a story over the last number of days that I think has been absolutely confusing to a lot of people and throwing all kinds of doubts onto a whole lot of things. And it's this one. And I'm sure many people know about this. The Ottawa senators are a completely 100% vaccinated hockey team. And yet in the last number of days, they have had an outbreak where 40% of the team apparently has come down with COVID or at least tested positive for COVID. And I, I, I look at this and I think, you know, we may argue and I can argue I've, I've been double vaccinated. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I've been double vaxxed. My whole family is double vaxxed. We can argue about the worthiness of getting vaccinated and everything else. And you get something like this comes along. And I think it just makes so many people go, what, what is the point? What is happening if teams and athletes and healthy people who are doing what they're supposed to do are still getting this? What is going on? 
Well, it it does beg the the question, no doubt about it. But I guess what the vaccine is supposed to do is to ensure that you don't get as ill as you could if you didn't have the vaccine in you. So there are uh, there there are antibodies in there that will not make it nearly as bad, where you might not have to be hospitalized and put in ICU, so on and so forth. That's the only thing I can truly see from this. This is something that we have said for quite some time now, Scott. We will have to live with COVID. That's just, it's hands yep. down. The, the double vax, and if there's going to be potentially, I guess now they're saying, Moderna and Pfizer saying you're going to need a booster, then, then so be it, because it will wear off a little bit. You go get the booster. It's to protect you overall so you are not literally on your deathbed you might just have some sniffles and, and, and maybe a little congestion or something, potentially, depending on your health and any and other underlying issues. It's, it's here to save the society as a whole, take a, a strain off the health care, so on and so forth. That's what I believe why you should be double vaxxed. So, yes, you have athletes, prime shape, great condition. We can still get it. But the vaccine, at least, will not be putting them all in a hospital where they're on incubators and so on and so forth. Yeah, and and I look, I, I I think you're right, and we hear that, and that's what is being told that that's why we're doing this to exactly as you just described. And I'm not disagreeing with that, but we also are now seeing countries that are locking down again, going back to lockdowns. Our numbers here in Ontario going back up, and I've started to hear people say, "Do we have to start looking at a lockdown again or pulling things back?" and If we have, and Ontario has, relatively speaking, a very high vaccination rate relative to a lot of places, if we are now, if it's not necessarily about just keeping people out of ICU, but if we're just counting the numbers and that, see, the difficulty here is if we're just counting the numbers, but it's not who is really, really sick, I think we've now reached a point where people, because of this kind of story, are going to be saying, "What, what is going on here? It's, it's, it becomes so complicated when you're doing everything correctly, seemingly, and you're still getting numbers that are going up. And then you're saying, so we now have to potentially lock something down. I think, Mike, at this point, anything that we would ever consider about a lockdown again or something like that has to be on a different scale than simply numbers of people who are positive, like we and, did and- before. And look, I'm not here to discount the scientists and the medical officers and so on and so forth because I'm not in those. I'm not wearing a white coat and I'm not. I'm not looking at these numbers. But it's just it's proven. As soon as you get more people out doing things, look, there, there's going to be the common cold that's going to start to come back. There's going to be just the regular flu that's going to be coming yep. back. Maybe. So there are, maybe there there are lots of things um, that that again we we've learned to live with all these things. This is just something else that we're going to have to live with. And to your point, it's going to have to be something massive where if the Ford government or Trudeau says, um, guess what, folks, we're going to have to go into lockdown. I think there's going to be anarchy. I think it would. Well, I, you're right. No, mind. you are right. A hundred percent. You're right. Because and this is this is and you've explained it. You just got to the point better than I did. So thank you for that. But if you now have people who are doing like the Ottawa senators, everybody around them, everyone in their area in their community was double vaxxed and they still have an outbreak. And yet we've had no Ottawa senators in hospital that I know of or really sick. I can see where the numbers are going up in this province, but I don't think that you can, or in this country, I don't think right now you could do what you did before and say, going back to lockdown, like they once did because of what you just said. I think you now have to grade it on a different scale. You have to now start looking and saying the number of people who are seriously ill, are going up. Therefore, we have to take some action. If it's just plain numbers based on this, I, I think you're right. I think you're 100% right. I think people will lose their minds. Yeah. And, and, and ignore it, it and ignore the instructions. And, and we know we're now seeing it being authorized that children between 5 and 11 can now start to get their shots. So listen, I, I think those parents have to make sure that those kids get in, get the shot, double shot or double vax as quick as possible, and we'll continue to see numbers come down. And maybe instead of always reporting COVID numbers and you know so many cases, just let us know how many people are in ICU because of it, maybe. Because cause those are the serious ones. Yes, if, if, yes, if, you're, yeah. if you're if you're symptomatic and I'm symptomatic, but you know what, I just got some sniffles and I just need to stay home. Don't count me as a stat all of a sudden. Then, just just worry about the ones who are in grave danger. Maybe I don't know.
Well, if look, if I don't know what the number was. So the, the Ottawa Senators, as I say, they had, I think it was 40% of the team mm-hmm. uh, that, that got COVID. And I'm not even sure, uh, and I, I wish I knew this, I'm not even sure if they're just talking players or players and support staff or whatever. But like, if you were to take them as a snippet of the population and say, okay, 40% of the population has COVID, people would go, you got to shut everything down. But there's nobody who is really really sick on that team and i'm not poo-pooing it i'm simply saying i don't know that that means that you now have to shut everything down but i'm very sure that if the numbers continue to rise and they have been we're going to have people pushing for that i think you need to go and change the way we're grading this now and say we're only going to count the numbers that are hospitalizations or or serious, serious things. Cause we, Mike, I'm with you. You, if all of a sudden Doug Ford came out tomorrow and said, starting Monday, <laughs> we are shutting restaurants again, shutting theaters again, stopping people from going to sporting events again. Uh, people would be marching on Queens park with pitchforks and torches. I'm telling you, they would, they're done with it. it. They're done. It, it, businesses would just say they, they'd be throwing up their hands, throwing the keys because we cannot, we cannot go through this a fourth time. You know, I, I certainly hope Doug Ford doesn't come back out with the Remember, I think, uh, stage one and two there he came out with the yellow green red gray zones like don't come out with zones don't grade it that way don't grade it by colors the the, the province the medical officers and again i have all respect for them um maybe they need to look at this in a bit of a different way as we're getting through all this because how great is it to be able to watch sports again scott and seeing full arenas yeah. You know, yeah. It's, no. I, this is what we need. We're we're back to where we need to be. We we can't we can't take any more steps backwards. It'd be brutal. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Something we've been following all day has happened at uh, Hamilton City Hall. They've been voting on urban boundary expansion, whether or not the city should push its boundaries and allow for further development. And by a, a vote of 13 to three. They have voted to not allow expansion, all future growth, or at least primary, most future growth. I shouldn't say all. Most future growth will be within the existing footprint that the city already sits upon. Um, here's the one thing I will say about that. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't object to farmland being saved, obviously. I don't object to long-term planning from the city for sure. The one thing, Mike, and I, I, I will say this, the one thing I would expect now is that the next time some developer or some builder comes to the city and says, I want to build a 15 or 20 story condo tower or apartment building, they should be given the go ahead for that. But that so often that's been fought in the past. If you're going to say you have to build density within the existing core, I think you've now decided that those kind of things have to be allowed to happen. Agree or disagree? I, I I agree in the fact that you, we should really look at building within what we already have, and perhaps some of the rules that are put in place regarding height, so on and so forth, should maybe be re-looked at, um, because there's only one way to go. If we don't go out, we've got to build up. So so you know, and yeah, I've been following this too. So the three councilors that that uh, voted for expansion were Pearson, Ferguson, and Whitehead. And, you know, if, if you're a developer right now, think about the amount of money that is just sitting out there that, you know, yeah, you got a deal 15, 20 years ago. What are they saying now? An acre is like $170,000 an acre, and there's about 2,300 acres in Elfrida. Like, that's over $400 million of just land sitting there. So how can we now put this to good use? Can we work with the developers any other way? I doubt it. And we should also mention, and, and, for viewers or listeners, I'm used to saying viewers, um, you know, the provincial government can still overturn this if they really want yes. to. Yes. And, and, and here's the thing too, is even if the provincial government doesn't do this, I suspect that this will be reopened again down the road because if the numbers that we're hearing, if Hamilton gets the, what is it, either 230 or 260,000 new residents within the next 30 years or 40 years, if, if that really happens, I suspect this is going to be revisited because, um, look, you, you can you can argue, and, and I think compelling arguments were made today to say, if you look at other places that have um, allowed for widespread growth, it has not kept the price of homes down. And that's true. 
It's not like you open up the land and because there's more supply, all of a sudden housing prices plummet and everyone can get a cheap house. What wasn't said was, okay, it didn't keep prices down, but how much did it keep them from going up by having more supply? We don't know that. And so we'll see because one thing that could change people's minds perhaps on council is going to be if in two years from now, if there's no real expansion to the boundary and if not a lot of houses with lots with yards in the suburbs are being built, if the prices of those homes go right through the roof because there's no more being built, this may be a discussion again that somebody decides to bring up. But for now, um, this is where we are. Yeah, I go back to my... Yeah, it very well could, but again, that and it's so tough to predict the future. That's what you know. These are such co- tough conversations to have now to to visualize five, ten, twenty, thirty years out. It sure you know, is. It's it, it, it's 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 really it's really unfair almost. But you know, you, you look at you look at uh, look, look at Vaughn and, and Canada's Wonderland. You remember back in the day, you could go on those roller coasters and there was farmland as far as the eye could see. Well, now you go yep. on those same rides, Scott, and it's it's just it's pure suburbia. And, and have any of those housing prices gone down? I'm nope. going to take a guess and say no. No, and, and again, we don't know how much more they might have gone up if they didn't build those all the houses that were already existing. They may have gone up by three times the price because the demand or supply was not there, but demand went up. Nonetheless, I go back to my original point. I think the discussion now. And there's a lot of people who are happy about this and that's fine. And and that's, you know, there were a lot of people that lobbied for this and that's good. I, I always applaud people being involved. Even if I agree or disagree, it doesn't matter. I applaud people being active and not being apathetic. So good for them. But if we are going to say that we're not going to expand, as you say, there's only one way to go and that's up. And too often, it seems when someone has proposed a high rise or some building in a neighborhood, they get shot down, they get turned down because the neighbors around them say, well, wait a second, you're going to block our sunlight. You're going to create shadows. You're going to be in the view. All the way. If you're going to say we're not expanding, you are going to have to, I think you're going to have to start giving the go ahead for some of these buildings. And I don't know that everybody's going to be thrilled with that when that happens, but there's no other option. It's, it's the old saying, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And, and I agree. You're going to, you, you've made a lot of people happy right now with this decision, but you are potentially going to upset a lot of people now because that beautiful view that you have of your from your apartment, wherever it might be, well, guess what? we got to put another building there uh, 20 feet away, and it's going to block your view, so on and so forth. But listen, that's why politicians get paid the big bucks. <laughs> they, they get to make these decisions and get raked over the coal, and they have to justify everything. Um, you know, people that get out there and are very outspoken, to your point, I appreciate it. They're not just sitting on their hands. But then I would also like to maybe hear and see some other solutions. What ideas do you have that we could maybe have? And, you know, I, I look at a council like John Paul Danko, who I think is just, he, he's been spectacular for, for this council and hopefully moving beyond. You know, here, here's a guy who has an engineering background who they should lean on him a little bit. What, what ideas, suggestions do you have, or your partners or people you've worked with in the past, not to put Mr. Danko on the spot by any means, but you know, let's start having some conversations about other options as opposed yep. to being black That's fine. or white. That's fine. And, and I think, I think John Paul is a very smart guy. I, I do. And, and, and there are others on council who are very smart. They don't more often than not, they don't get credit. People just scream at them. And you know, there's times when they deserve to be screamed at. There are some people in our community who simply scream at the politicians, no matter what they do, just because, just because, but if you're absolutely right, Mike, you have made this decision you have used your brains and you have, for whatever reasons you've chosen, you've decided that this is the right view. I'm, I I can live with that, but you now have to not just say, no, you're not going to do that. You have to have, as I say, you have to come up with solutions now for, all right, how are we going to handle all these people that are apparently we're told, I don't even, I don't believe those numbers quite frankly, but we're told that these people are going to be coming to town. Where are you going to handle them? And and how are you going to handle them? Let's also bring the developers into these discussions. Let, let's face it. They're the experts in, in their world. Come up with other solutions yourself as opposed to just, uh, and, and, and I don't even know what it is. But maybe there is another way that you can potentially look at doing things. I don't have the answer. I don't know. And maybe I'm completely mm. far off base there. 
No, you're not. You're not because you do need to have the developers involved in this. They are the ones who are risking their money. I know in this argument, somehow developer became a dirty word that if you're a developer, you're like an evil bond villain. Yeah, um, you're just you're just money grubbing and you just want to slap up something as quick as possible and sell it for as much, as much as you can. But I do believe that there are developers out there that do have the best interests of our city and the environment uh, in their mind, and, and with the evolution of technology and such, some buildings, some things that are going up there are, are quite good now, and, and they can actually help the environment, I guess. Mike, even if you don't believe what you just said, even if you don't believe that there are good developers, even if you were to go with the evil stereotype and say every developer is an evil money-grubbing jerk, and I don't believe that, I'm just saying, even if you hold that position, you still have to work with them because they're you're wanting buildings and density in the city, and they are the ones who are building these things. The, the city's not putting up; they may put up some. The city may spend money on this, but they're going through developers regardless or private ones. And so, the next time a developer comes to city council and says, "I've got this plan for these three apartment buildings, three condo towers," I don't think you can automatically at this point now just say, "We don't do big towers." You can't, you have to be open to some of these things. Cause if you've told them you can't build out there and they say, okay, I've got my money, I'll build here. You can't just constantly say, well, you can't do this and you can't, we've got to put people somewhere. That's the whole point of this. We have to put people somewhere. You better come up with an answer for where. Again, big questions, uh, lots of money on the table. And I'm sure there are a number of people right now that, uh, are not very happy with this decision, but it's been made and let, let's, let's, let's move forward. And let's, I think you have to keep the, cons- the discussions going. That's, that's the main thing. That's the main you, thing. You do. And, and, uh, you know, as I say, I, 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 based on the, you know, I'm trusting that the counselors did a lot of research and, and, you know, based on the discussions today, I, obviously we've been on the air. I, I was watching it during the day, you know, intelligent questions, thoughtful questions by many of the counselors. They came up with their decision for why they wanted to decide the way they did. I'm okay with their decision. I am, but it means now that you have eliminated one possibility. You have to now come up with other options. And as I say, I'm, I'm waiting for, and I hate to say this, I'm waiting for some of the same people who were screaming loudest, politicians or otherwise, the same people who were screaming loudest against expansion to be also screaming when they want to go up. Because, yeah, and, and I don't think you can do both. You can't no, scream about both. You, you can't. And it, it's when, when we're talking about this, it's not just the height of the towers as well. It's the infrastructure and it's the traffic that, that are, that's going to encompass a whole neighborhood. Like, it's, it, it's such a fine delicate line of already a busy and bustling city of over so uh, close to 600,000. And you want to put a, you know, you got a postage stamp and you want to put a, what's the, what's the story level now? 13. Well, you want to put a 20 story tower there all of a sudden. Again, those are very difficult and tough conversations to have based on the number of people living, how many car spots are, are going to be required. It's, it's, I, I don't know how you can always, say yes as well so no no but if you're going to bring in two hundred and sixty thousand new people and let's say that let's even say that all of those are families of four although we know that's not going to be the case you're talking about sixty thousand new units somewhere uh that's a lot of building to be done and even and if you have only three or four story buildings you're not going to accomplish that in the city you can't no no, you're, you're not why, why does everyone want to come to Hamilton anyway? I kind of like our city the way Send it is. Away. Send them away. Send them away. <laughs> yes, we should put up a full sign, like like in a parking lot when they have the thing down and it says, it's sorry, this lot is yeah. full. Just yeah. have a sign on the 403 for all the exits, unless you've Hamilton got the pass full. card because you're a member already. Hey, why can't yeah. these developers uh, create like what Wally had, you know, the, these floating cities and all that? Just, you know, we'll just put you up uh, in the stratosphere over, over hovering over the mountain or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll see where this one goes. I I'm yeah. I'm 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 going to remain optimistic that the decision that was made today will be followed up with other decisions that may not be quite as popular, but that now are necessary. Because as I said, I don't think you can just say I don't think you can always have the popular decision. And this was a popular decision, clearly. But I don't this think was a popular um... decision a, a, a year before an upcoming election. Um, and but with that also said, the provincial government can also come in and, and, and flip the script on on all of us as well. And 
and then the, the developers get happy. And let's face it, we all know that, you know, Mr. Ford, he's buddies with a lot of developers. Very quickly before we go, because we're, uh, we're running short on time, sadly. Uh, time flies when we're doing this. Uh, I don't know if you heard this um, on a totally unrelated... Well, we talked about... You're talking about, a, you know, Ford, about a, a politician, about a premier. Let's go uh, one province to the east. The premier of Quebec, Francois Legault, um, announced that there's not enough Quebecois NHLers right now. And it was disgraceful that the Montreal Canadiens last year did not have a single Quebecer who was playing for that team. And therefore, they are striking a commission to rebuild hockey in Quebec so that the Canadians and other teams, and hopefully future uh, in the future, the Quebec Nordiques, when they return, will be loaded with Quebecois players. Um, do you look at this and say, you know what, that's a genius idea because, yeah, you know, there have been some great players that have come from Quebec, many, many, many great players that have come from Quebec over the years. Or do you say, really, who cares where they come from as long as they're good players and you can fill a good team? I, I think what the Premier of Quebec is going to have to take a long, hard look at and his politician buddies is um, how are we going to, to fund all of this? Hockey is one of the most expensive sports regarding ice time, equipment, so on and so forth. When you have soccer and you, and you have basketball that have just taken off and you're seeing so many more kids getting involved with that, I think you're, you're, if, if, if you want to do this, hey, all the power to you. I, I, really, I don't care where a hockey player comes from. If you've got talent and skill, great. But if, if you are making it impossible for for young kids to to enjoy the love of the game, even to go to a, a Montreal game or a, a Toronto game, the ticket prices are just ridiculous. It, it, it's just more than relaunching something. You have to go as grassroots as possible into the weeds, and you have to make it affordable. And are people willing to lose money for this, or are they willing to put tons and tons of, of provincial money and taxpayer money to get this going? <laughs> I think there are bigger. I think there are bigger fish to fry than how many Quebec hockey players we have in the NHL and beyond. Wow! Now, see, I hadn't even put the. I hadn't even thought that far through this one yet, but you just hit it. So, so now you are your Francois Legault, and at your next budget, you say, and we're going to be putting twenty-five million dollars a year to pay for hockey for any kid in the province who wants to play. And we're going to cover all the costs for free. Is that a political winner? I don't know. Maybe. I, I, Maybe. Don't, think you get, I don't think you get the votes on that. I, I'm sure there's a lot. I don't follow what's going on in Quebec that much as, as I do other provinces. I'm sure there's a lot of issues there that are probably would take precedent over whether or not you want to have NHLers from your province. <laughs> See, that's the thing. You're, you're talking about a province that, um, already you're in a fight with Alberta because Alberta's saying we don't want to be paying transfer payments anymore and Quebec is the largest beneficiary of transfer payments and mm -hmm. you know so you're already a province that somehow and I don't quite get this somehow Quebec is a have-not province I don't understand that but nonetheless you're a have-not province who if you're if you're right Mike where you suddenly say okay what are we going to do to get NHL players back to rebuild hockey well it's going to cost you money I'm not sure that anyone right now in any province if one of your political moves is to say we're going to spend money on hockey or soccer or basketball or baseball or mixed martial arts or boxing or figure skating or whatever else with all the problems politicians are facing, I'm not sure that's a winner these days. I don't think that's a fight you really want to, to pick, but listen, you're, you're a politician. You, you have your reasons for why you say these things. And hopefully there's people in his cabinet behind the scenes saying, um, you might want to backtrack on this one a little bit and just, just let it die because you're going to have the arts and entertainment. You're going to have the restaurant hospitality uh -huh. industry. They're all going to want to say, well, wait a second. We want handouts now too, because we didn't have a chef on, on, uh, you know, America's greatest, Canada's greatest cook or something like that. <laughs> so listen, now, you know, handouts everywhere, please. But now hold on a sec though. You just, you've just flipped the this, this story here and you may have actually made the case without even realizing it for this because around here, for example, I mean, we have art galleries that get provincial grants and we have symphony orchestras that get grants and we have other arts ventures that get grants. So why not sports getting grants? Yeah, but, but not nearly enough. 
not nearly enough. The arts are always uh, lowest on the totem pole, the art gallery, theater, Aquarius. They're always fighting for funds. They're always trying to do some sort of a fundraiser. So, you know, it, it, it's pittance compared to what people want to pay when it comes to sports. For some reason, sports is, is the be-all, end-all. Well, no, there's so much more going on in this world. And I, it's not a, I don't think it would hold much uh, water, to be honest with you, because the, the, the arts just, they don't get the same, they don't get the same love that, that sports does. It always seems, too, that it is, well, and this is natural, I'm not breaking any news, it's the interest of the person in power. I mean, if, if, if Francois Legault was a massive football fan, he may be arguing, look, the Montreal Alouettes have fallen off. There's not nearly as many people in the stands. I'm not seeing all that many. Laval is not winning anymore. Uh, we need to pour much more money into football, but it's, it's, you know, it's hockey. It's his, you know, it's where he thinks he can score points. If there was some very famous ballet in Montreal that was somehow not being seen as well. The, the uh, Cirque du Soleil, perfect example. If Cirque du Soleil suddenly was, if everyone was saying, oh, they're old news, we don't care for them anymore. They may be trying to put money back in there. It's, it's, it's so political. Everything is politics for sure, but I don't know that this one wins votes. I don't. You, you talked about the Alouettes. All I care about is Ottawa beating Montreal tonight, so it makes our life a little <laughs> more easier tomorrow down at Tim Hortons Field. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Uh... <laughs> I don't know. It, I don't you know, see when, it happening, though. <laughs> the way things are going right now, with all the stuff going on in the world, politicians talking about throwing money at luxury items just yeah. seems like it's not a winner these days. Yeah, perhaps they uh, they should recall what everyone's been going through for the past uh, 22 months or so. And uh, like I said, it's it, it's it's not a good political move, I don't think. But then again, it's not my money. It's doesn't really won't really affect me. <laughs> Oh yeah, but you know you you know the people in Alberta again who are upset about the transfer payments are going to be thrilled saying, "Oh, so now we're sending money to Quebec just so they can spend money on building hockey again." Great. Great. Mm. Even better. Even happier for us. I, I don't know <laughs> that they're going to put those two together, but uh, uh yeah. We'll good see. times. Uh, good times. Good times. Mike Fortune from Cable 14 from the Hamilton Network Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 7 o'clock and then repeated 48 times each day for the rest of the week or something along those lines. I'm not sure the exact number, but you can see him. Go look for him. He's the guy with the hair. <laughs> Thanks for doing hey, this, man. Scott, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. All the best to you and the family, my friend. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.